Hello, everybody, and welcome back to My Dinner with My Dinner with Andre. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a critic. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I, too, am a critic. Someday we'll have My Dinner with My Dinner with My Dinner with Andre, oh, which is a podcast about people who listen to this podcast and then comment on it. Ooh, we're getting super meta. But for now, we're just kind of meta. Uh, this is a podcast that Whitney and I have devised to bring new and interesting voices here to the critically acclaimed network, because mostly it's a lot of him and me. You'll notice that. Yeah. It's a lot, but we really do want to highlight other people, and we came up with a fun premise that's doing it in our, you know, inimitable, esoteric, weird way. And we're both fans <laughs> of the Louis Mall film My Dinner with Andre, uh, which stars Andre Gregory and Wallace Shawn as uh, theater people who have a long mm. conversation over dinner over a wide variety of subjects, from the nature of art to the art of selling out to how to truly live. Um, it's this big kind of um, a labyrinth of ideas and two people can watch my dinner with Andre and take away entirely different ideas, thoughts and interpretations. And we thought it would be exciting to take this film and invite the people that we know, the people that we, you know, respect, respect and admire. Yeah, yeah. People we think are really cool and give an opportunity to watch the movie and then have their own, my dinner with Andre esque conversation about my dinner with Andre, and every single time we invite new people onto the show, they bring their own ideas based on um, you know their age, their background, their personal tastes, just what they had for lunch that day. There's all these different X factors mm -hmm. that affect the way that we interpret a film, and hopefully if we get enough voices, we might finally get the perfect true picture of what my dinner with Andre actually is about. That's probably nonsense, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> or it's just a fun way to hear other people have interesting conversations. Yeah, because again, my dinner with Andre, you can't really talk about the plot or the action or all of these things. You have to engage with the ideas. Exactly. And I love hearing people talk about big ideas. And so on this episode, we have the hosts of a relatively new podcast. This is Sebastian and Jennifer from a show called Tentpole Trauma. It's about it's a new podcast about uh, infamous bombs in Hollywood history. Yeah, like big budget films that bombed, and they, they, they are interested in that type of failure. So they made a podcast yeah, about it. They were supposed to be tent poles, and if you're familiar with that term, the mm -hmm. idea is you know studios would put out like a handful of really big movies that would make like a billion dollars a year that will keep the tent up. That is, yeah, and that way if they if their smaller movies fail or even if they just break even, whatever the studio is still safe, and sometimes those tent poles collapse really bad. Uh, and they've already done episodes on David Lynch's Dune, on the 2010 version of The Wolfman, and the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm curious to see what they're going to do next, because uh, there's no shortage of material. Uh, and in fact, uh, Sebastian, if you listen to that episode, Sebastian actually kind of liked that remake. Of Nightmare, of on, Nightmare Elm on Elm Street. He's the only one I've ever heard. I know people who've worked on that yeah. film who don't like that film. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some stories. Yeah. Oof. Okay, well. Hmm. It'll be interesting to hear. I haven't heard that episode yet. I guess I'll have to check that out. Uh, in the meantime, we encourage you to uh, head on over uh, to, if you like what you hear, head on over to their Patreon, patreon.com slash tentpoletrauma. Uh, be sure to check out their podcast, Tentpole Trauma, wherever fine podcasts are podcasted. Uh, but in the meantime, just sit back, relax, order the soup and the quail, and have a nice dinner with my dinner with Andre, with Sebastian and Jennifer.
Okay. We've just watched My Dinner with Andre. Uh, it was the first time I've seen the movie. Had you seen the movie before? No, I had not seen it. I knew of it because of the uh, Louis Mall mm-hmm. section that we had at Cinephile. Yeah. And, um, you know, filing movies away. Yeah, for me, um, the movie was sort of like the butt of a joke. It's like, you know, whenever you were talking about some fun and interesting movie, you'd make a My Dinner with Andre joke. I remember making when 3D became a big thing, I would say they ought to put out My Dinner (laughs) with Andre in IMAX 3D, you know, because it's just two guys talking and ha ha, how boring that is. You know, that was basically the, you know, my, my, not that people, I think everybody still, even amongst film fans, like respect my dinner with Andre, but even then it's still, you know, tended to be kind of, you know, a a kind of a, a a thing to make a joke of, even though you're not really making fun of the movie itself. You're just kind of making fun of the fact that it's famously just two guys talking. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's also, it's come up in pop culture references as far yes. as, like, I think it was in The Simpsons yes. once, and then, then um, Community, and then I remember, um, I think I'm waiting for Guffman. Yeah. We have um, the, oh God, I'm Corky playing with, like, I think he has action figures or something from uh-huh. that, so, I mean, yeah, so it was, it was I was aware right, right, of it. Right, 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 there's, but... no, yeah, right, my dinner with action figures. <laughs> uh, um, okay, I'm just adjusting the mic here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I was not familiar with the other actor, Andre. I, I forget it, Andre, his last name. Andre Gregory, I think it is. Andre Gregory. Wallace Shawn, of course. Love, uh, yeah. Fan, uh, I'm, I, I would say I'm a fan of him, I think, kind of. I'm absolutely a fan. He's, he's super charming. Yeah, like, whenever I, he shows up, I'm happy to, to see Wallace. Um, you know, I was, uh, how, how did you feel about the movie once it, when it was sort of starting? Well, when it was starting, I, I, you know, I was a little skeptical mm-hmm. because, you know, knowing, like I said, the, the gist of the film, that this is what it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just didn't know what we we're going to be in for. And also, like for me, when it's a, a film that's that kind of stripped down and just so much talking. Yeah. I really have to be in the right headspace for that. Yeah. To really like be able to enjoy it. So yeah, it was a little bit at first like, okay, here here we go. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I was, I mean, I was paying attention to it because I knew we were doing this. So I was trying to be present and an active viewer. And for the first, I'd say 30 minutes, I wasn't totally um, connecting to the movie because it was a lot of, you know, the setup with Wallace Shawn is, you know, his ennui and as a playwright and i'm not particularly you know i'm i'm a writer so i'm interested in writing but i'm not particularly interested in the world of the theater it doesn't really hold a lot of allure to me um so i wasn't particularly interested in where he was coming from and then once we meet andre and we get that whole sort of section where he's talking about his sort of vision quests that he's going on in these workshops that he's throwing and like my eyes are sort of rolling back in my head uh because i as you you know as you sort of pointed out while we were watching it like i would be wallace sean and that's <laughs> i mean wallace sean's character is, is interested in what he was saying and i've had conversations with people that 
you know, they, these guys are obviously New York intellectuals, you know, circa 1981, which I am not, you know, I think they're operating on a, on a intellectual level that may not even exist in this world anymore in a sense. But I, I think that people still, there are still those types of people. And I think Wallace Shawn represents the type of person that I am, which is, I don't want to say skeptical, but more of a kind of grounded what I'm trying to get at is later on, once the conversation moves past all of these things that Andre Gregory has done, these sort of vision questy, you know, things where he's trying to figure out the meaning of life or whatever, whatever he's trying to do, you know, I'm sort of sitting there like Wallace Shawn, like, what is the point of all of this? You know, I don't, um, and, and later on, Wallace Shawn basically, uh, says all the things that I'm thinking, you know, do we need to be doing this? Like I can sit here and find, you know, enjoyment of just drinking my cold coffee in the morning. And if there's not a roach in it, then that's, that's great. You know, that if there's a roach, I'm going to be disappointed. I, you know, he, he was, he was, uh, verbalizing things that I was sort of feeling while I was listening to Andre. But I mean, I, I felt that Andre, was the kind of person that, you know, I could find myself in a conversation with and not, you know, not think of him as being a blowhard or anything, but kind of being interested, but at the same time being thinking, why is he bothering to put himself through all of this? Well, my first thoughts were, um, I was just enjoying seeing New York at that time and going through that experience. And, you know, I'll like, I was thinking like, that maniac was just happening. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Yes. (laughs) Um, I actually was kind of sad when they entered the restaurant because not that that is a type of restaurant that I spend a lot of time in, but Mm -hmm. I have before. And it's like when I was a concierge and stuff like that. And it just like, it kind of made me sad and in a nostalgic type of way, just because of the situation that we're in now. I was like, yeah. that doesn't really exist anymore, and who knows when it will. So yeah. I was kind of like having some melancholy feelings with that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'm I'm watching this, um, and I am just the whole time, as I had made comments to you, just like thinking about how Sebi's dinner would be with Andre. <laughs> And now I can just picture the look on your face, like just, you know, interested, but also just like skeptical as all get out and, and, and the cynic just rising up, but also, you know, being pleasant and being charming and being you, but it was, it it was just, uh, it was really fun to watch in that sense because it was like, I I was sitting with Wallace Shawn sort Mm -hmm. of, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I would have been doing pretty much what Wallace Shawn was doing, um, I, I do want to say about the restaurant, it looked like the food was gross. Oh, yeah. It didn't look like a re- – it was fancy in that New York boring kind of way. Um, I I did find myself often distracted by the waiter. I just was really kind of fascinated with him. Like I the love 90 the 90-year-old waiter. waiter. No, I love it. That's what I'm saying. It's like a whole thing that's like not right. really there anymore. Right. Like there's, you know, there's, there's places like that in town here, you know, like Musso and Frank's where they have waiters that have been there their entire life, you know, and it was just, it's a thing, but you know, the food, absolutely. No, I mean, vegan, I wasn't, none of that looked good to me at all. (laughs) I don't think they'd have any vegan options there. 
Right. So, yeah, you know, so I would say for the first 30 minutes, it wasn't that I didn't like it or I couldn't appreciate it, but I wasn't really finding myself particularly drawn in. But then as the conversation went on, I I definitely became more and more drawn in. And by the time... Some kind of car. By the time they start talking about, you know, people not being conscious in their lives and, you know, just sort of what... Like the prefill driving that car probably aren't very conscious about their lives. No, no. Um, But, you know, I, I started to really relate to what they were saying. It's stuff that you and I have spoken about privately a lot about how people we feel that a lot of people aren't really um you know active in their own lives or thinking about their own existences or or and and i mean i don't see how you can't watch i mean as you pointed out there's a lot of things in what they're talking about that are timeless and certainly more relevant today than ever i was just horrified thinking about what poor Andre would think of the world now. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I mean, I, I fall somewhere between um, Wally and Andre because, and, and I think you would agree mm-hmm. because um, I, I too can roll my eyes at certain things, but then I also, you know, I was kind of like getting into yeah. Uh, Andre's vision quests. And I'm like, yeah, you know, sure. and, and, you know, there's something to that. And, you know, if we did have a disposable income, that might be something that I would be interested in doing, running yeah. off to Scotland and going right. to the Polish forests. And, you he know, spent a lot of time in forests and I couldn't help but thinking, are they not, are they sleeping in the forest? Like these stories he's telling. It kind of seemed like they were. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, just kind of existing in the forest. Um, so yeah, some of that was definitely appealing to me. And then also I'm being critical because then I'm also thinking like, wow, navel gazer, you know, right. because there's that part where it's just like. Well, and he clearly, I mean, Wallace Shawn points it out, but it's it's clearly the sort of thing only a person with you know, disposable income can do, you know, he's obviously born with money and right. he has money. And I was even thinking about, I hope that Andre picks up for the check at the end. <laughs> Cause I don't think Wallace has got the money for this, this bad this... meal. And expensively then, bad. Right. Meal. And then, you know, thankfully he, Andre does pick up the check. Yes. But, um, yes, I know that's not what I'm supposed to be thinking of, but I couldn't help but think of that. I was getting a little nervous for poor Wallace. <laughs> Um, but I mean, yeah, once they, once they start talking about that stuff, I really liked what Wallace Shawn was saying about, you know, why do you have to go to Mount Everest to wake people up? You know, shouldn't, what, what makes being on Mount Everest any different than being in the cigar shop? All of that stuff I thought was really, really poignant and interesting. And, and I, you know, obviously I think the performances are really, really good. Um, I mean, I really liked Andre Gregory. I, I really liked watching him. His voice, I felt kind of was sort of hypnotic the way he spoke, um, his accent and everything. Um, but when Wallace Shawn was talking, it really felt to me like reality. Like that felt unscripted when he started talking. I wouldn't be surprised if it, I mean, I'm sure these were all based out of improvisations that they were doing. Not to get too into the nuts and bolts of whatever it is, because I really don't know anything about the movie, but. Well, I felt like, I mean, it's it's 
fictionalized versions of them. Sure. You know, so, but it, it felt very, I thought, I thought it felt really real to me. Like, I felt more real from Wallace. No, it felt real to me from, uh, from Andre as well, because it's like, I've talked to people like that before. I've been taken on those trips before. It's like, uh, I've met those people in all kinds of places, whether it be when I was working in a hotel or in recovery or something like, you know, there's just people that can just kind of, like his 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 dialect is everything. The way that it's it's just like you, you kind of feel like you're being mesmerized in a sense, or like mm-hmm. you kind of feel like you're kind of high, mm-hmm. like as you're you know. Well, like, I definitely reached a point where I was like, oh, this is kind of like, like a drug this trip. Is, this is this is stoner talk, right? Or like yeah, or you took acid and you've been talking all night with your friend and you yeah. entered into and, one of these and things. I feel like yes, and I and I feel like Wally's kind of doing that in the beginning, especially when he keeps. You know, saying, and then what happened? You know, right. and he's like kind of wanting him, you know, to, yeah. to, cause it's, 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 it's not, I don't know. It's, it's, there's, there's something to that. And there's something that's, that's kind of fun and, and, and an escapist type of thing just to like let somebody spin their yarn. Right. Tell this. you about their crazy adventures. Yeah. And, and, and also just like you said, he's, he's pleasant to watch and yeah. like his, just his mannerisms and his delivery and, and the way he sounds. So I could just like kind of just take it all in and I, you know, I might be having my own internal judgments or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, but I was enjoying the experience. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, you know, there was a lot that just really hit home for me because it's like, you know, even when they were talking about, uh, Wallace Shawn getting the electric blanket yeah, and you know how Andre was like. Don't ever use that. You know, first, I, I don't trust electricity, but you don't ever want to be too comfortable. Yeah. And, um, or I don't trust technology, he said. Yeah. And, and which, you know, I, I get it. That's kind of, it's kind of a dangerous thing if you think about it to have, to have on you. Maybe. Right. But all I could think of is like, what about technology now? <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. What does he think about the smartphones? Well, yeah. As far as being checked out and everything and being yes. too comfortable and just being like yeah. into, yes. Smartphones are, are electric blankets. I was thinking, do yeah. people even still use electric? I'm sure in I think colder so. places they do, but yeah. I haven't used an electric blanket in years. But yeah, all I could think of was smartphones, <laughs> the modern electric blanket. Yes. But it's, you know, as far as like, and I can speak for this personally, like, you know, the most growth that I've ever had has been when I've not, not so much. I mean, there's been pain involved, but also just like, you know, I, I don't know. You've had, you've, you're just, you're going through so much. You're just not resting on your laurels, Yeah. you know, and like comfort. Cause I, I, lo- I love comfort. I know you love comfort too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just thought there was a lot to be said there that was just very relevant. Like you right. said now, you're not going to really experience real growth until you move yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit. I think, I mean, I, th- I think there are different ways to grow, but there is a certain type of growth that you only get when you remove yourself from your comfort zone. And I do think that, you know, being somebody who's conscious and aware of the world and seeing the world, you know, when you're not processing the world through the lens of the things you have to do. And, you know, I think those are the things that when I would, would take psychedelic drugs, you know, all of that stuff would fall away. And then you're really just being and a lot of that stuff seems absurd. You know, the, one of the nice things about psychedelic drugs is it makes those things that you're so preoccupied with all the time that are driving you, that are motivating you in every, your everyday, day to day, 
you know, those all seem so stupid. You're like, why do I even bother with any of this? You know, the, I could just be staring at the ceiling and that's just as good, you know? <laughs> like, so yeah, I could, I could relate to, to what Andre was saying all, all about that. And those are things that I do think about from time to time of like, oh, I'd love to be able to get to that place. But then, you know, I also came like when Wallace Shawn sort of brought the counterpoint to that, you know, like, well, what, what, why wouldn't I want to be, you know, thinking about the things that I want to do? And I love my checklist where I go through and do it every day. Yeah, and, I love a checklist. Right. So I, I could see both sides of it. I mean, and I think that's the point it of is, the movie, yeah. you, you know, that the, that just this exploration of these two sides of human, the, the, the state of human being, you know, um, but, uh, yeah. I also appreciated, um, and you brought this up a little bit with saying, you know, like, why do you have to go to Mount Everest or, you know, you could just be in the coffee shop next door. And they kind of come back to that later talking about just being able to be and doing that, like with your partner or whatever, mm-hmm. and just yeah. sitting there mm-hmm. or, and, and I think like, I think that's so important. I think you should just be able, you don't always have to be doing something or being yeah. entertained by something or distracted by something like yeah. you can just be. And I think also, you know, and, and it was, strange because you know andre talks so much about meditation which i guess he just got to a point where that maybe wasn't enough or he felt like he needed to do it somewhere else because it's like that's the beauty of meditation right is you can do that anywhere and then you can just like you you could go wherever you want yeah i guess i didn't really fully grasp what set andre on this sort of journey and, and maybe we're not really meant to understand that and i mean i know people i've met people who are just i just call them seekers, seekers. yeah people which i'm not i'm just not that person i don't really need to know what the purpose of everything is or why we're here i don't have that in me i don't I, I don't feel there is a purpose. I just think we're here and, and we're killing our time however we're going to do it. And it'd be great if we can make a little impact while we're here and leave something behind. But I don't – I'm not looking for answers in that way. So, you know, I was, wasn't exactly sure why Andre had been on this. And he'd been out there for a while. Yeah. Like, you know – the movie takes place in 1981, and I think we're to assume that he's pretty much been Gone for wandering around for 10 years since the 60s, maybe. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think he just is one of those people that's out there. You know, he probably grew restless and tired with, you know, doesn't wasn't feeling like he was getting what he wanted out of his art and was hoping. I mean, he touches a little bit upon it when he's talking about the he's going to write The Little Prince. Mm-hmm. I like that he's like, that's a terrible book. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he met that, that Japanese the Buddhist monk, Buddhist monk and, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's kind of following, ends up following him around. You know, clearly it wasn't really about writing The Little Prince. It was trying to find some answers, and he thought this guy had the answers. Um, but, you know, I, I, I didn't really understand where he, why he had been on, off on this quest, but. Well, it didn't go into like major details, but it seemed like he just wasn't getting it. Like he was kind of living, living for art. Yeah. And then like that wasn't doing it anymore. And he right. just was, you know, and they were, they had he and Wally had talked about the state of like the play community and yeah. like how it was just, you know, and he, he would like alluded to like when he was at Yale or something and yeah. he wanted to um, get ahead from uh-huh. like the, the 
wherever the, the, the bodies, I guess, or something, or people donate themselves for science or something. But he wanted to like have the head be right. involved, <laughs> yeah. like because it had something to do with a decapitation. Yeah. So he wanted to actually have the the head like yeah. and be passed around on the audience. Yeah, so like it's people like one were, of those yeah. Greek plays, or right? Whatever. Right. Euripides. So or he was like really that. wanting to like have people feel and yeah. be involved and yeah. You know, he just kind of that that, that I mean that's what I gathered. It didn't go yeah. into no, that. No, I, I think you're totally right. Over it. Um, I, I don't think that you nailing it down is necessary at no. all. Just, you know, yes, you're right. I think it was that he was living for his art and, and, you know, Wallace Shawn is still kind of doing that. So he, you know, Wallace Shawn hasn't been wandering the world. He's still trying to scrape out a living and, but he's being, being bogged down by the day to day, the things that, that Andre doesn't have to worry about, frankly. Right. You know, Andre doesn't have to worry about those things. He clearly has money and he doesn't need to be sweating those details. So, um, you know. Well, I think Wallace Shawn, too, his character is would just be fine with having a play that got to get made and was, like, well-received. Yeah. You know, it's like he he just wants to connect and, you know, be told he's doing something good and he's right. doing something right. I don't think Andre Gregory, even if he had a play that was well-received, would get a lasting satisfaction no. out of that. I mean, he, he talks about would. it, you know, he talks about like, well, when you get good reviews and then, you know, I do, I appreciated, and I know you related to this, the whole, you know, the talking about, you know, going to parties and feeling oh like God. everybody's, you know, you don't even know what the hell's going on and... You know, the things people say being these terrible things that they don't even realize they're saying, you know. Well, and that, yes, all of that it, it was very relatable because that's just, I mean, I feel very much like uh, an, an alien a lot of times in, in certain social situations. But also, um, I was just thinking about how uh, Wallace Shawn was saying when, you know, he'd be talking to people and then they found out at this time he was, a, at, the, at the time he was a Latin teacher, I think it was. Yeah. And they would just like, the room would clear, you know, like people would just like flee from him because they didn't like, cause he was a Latin teacher. Yeah. And then like the same thing with his girlfriend. So uh, she was a secretary. So she was a secretary and yeah. they were just like, you know, just like want to bounce and, yeah. and, and there's some truth to that. Yeah. Like there definitely is. And, and it's something that always bothers me when like it's such a a common thing and I, I don't fault anybody for doing it but it's always like oh so what do you do mm -hmm. and yeah. and i i don't ever ask anyone that i might say what are you into because yeah. it's like especially i think living here as well is like a lot of people are not having the good fortune to make a living out of what they're passionate about yeah. you know they're just having to do whatever they do and i don't know i just don't think that a job defines you and you certainly shouldn't walk away from someone who's a Latin teacher. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that might've been, you know, more specific to the time that they yeah. were in. Now I think if you were a Latin teacher, people would be like, Oh, that's interesting. You know, I, you know, Does I that even exist anymore. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm sure there are still Latin teachers, but I mean, you know, I think it's the world that they were in specifically. Yeah. It's a kind of, you know, academically minded world. And the world we're in, people just be like, whoa, you teach Latin? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> weird. It wouldn't be something they judge you about. Right. But we're not academics. We're not New York intellectual academics. In the, in the early night, 80s. In the early 80s, yeah. as much as me. It's funny because um, my stepdad... Um, aspired to sort of be that kind of person so i could kind of you know there's a sort of comfort in it to, for me the sort of the way they looked and the way they talked very very much reminded me of sort of the 
kind of world he was in, the corduroy jackets, you know, mm-hmm. like that's it's the the East Coast intellectual is definitely a archetype that I am familiar with and sort of adjacently related to. So I I found a comfort in like th- those are two guys that you know as even though I'm not part of their scene, I kind of know that scene tangentially Mm -hmm. so i found some comfort in them in that way um uh, anything else that you were thinking no that was pretty much it i mean again uh when they were talking about i I was thinking i think i actually gave you a look when this came up as well um when wallace sean was talking about uh like kind of like fate and signs and things like that yeah. with the fortune cookie yeah. because I mean, like you you kind of always roll your eyes as you open up your PF whenever Chang's you fortune bring, cookie. whenever you bring up portents or uh, <laughs> metaphysical oh don't say that because then this will happen <laughs> yeah I'm a firm non-believer in you know fate playing a role or. I, well, I really related to when he was talking about like, so what does that mean? Like, I totally understand that. It's terrifying to think that like there's some sort of consciousness out there or like the future exists <laughs> and it's dictating the past. Like, what does that mean if you really believe it and you really start to think about it? You know, what do horoscopes mean if you really think about it? Like, if they're true, if they're real, so what? The stars now have some understanding of your existence and they're, like, plotting out your fate? You know, like, I totally could relate to his feelings I'm on the, here the with matter. Wallace Shawn. <laughs> well, I... I'm I'm an unconscious Wallace Shawn, yeah. but uh, when you know when he started talking, I felt that I could very much relate to to his point of view. And I can see the humor in it as well. But I tell you what, but, if we but, opened a if you opened a fortune cookie and we we're going to get on a plane and it said don't go, oh I wouldn't go. We would can't no because you don't even I'm like to fly anyway. But yeah, I'm like so see there is some right, but you'll never get a fortune cookie that says don't get on a plane. Because that's a really sadistic fortune cookie. These are strange maker. times we're in. Yeah, yeah. It could happen. But no, if I got one and we were flying that day, are you kidding? Hell no. Like if I got that in the, uh, you know, Panda Express. <laughs> lounge in, in at the, the airport. Yeah, forget it. I'd be like, we're not getting on this plane. Um, Very red eye moment. Anything else? I, I think that's pretty much it. I loved um, that it ended with the Eric Satie song. It always makes me super sad, but mm-hmm. I, I love that song. And it was just perfect with him, you know, treating himself to a cab ride and having yeah. memories. And yeah, I, I just, I liked it so much more than I thought I would. I yeah. mean, I thought it I would be okay, you know, I, but I really like, as soon as it ended, I was like, I like this. And you're like, save it for the podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it just, it, it hit a lot of notes that, you know, yeah. just things that you and I talk about often yeah. and, I related both to both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked both of them, yeah. and I just liked. I, I would love to have actually been at that dinner, but maybe eating somewhere else. Right? Yeah, I wouldn't want to be eating at that restaurant. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I liked it too. Like I said, it started off. Uh, I was. It didn't. It started off. I wasn't connecting with it, but then by 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 the time it hit about thirty minutes in, I was totally. I was into it. Yeah. I mean, look, it's no Avengers Endgame. <laughs> But uh, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. And um, thank you so much to yeah. Uh, thanks w- for asking us to do this, Whitney and Bibbs, yeah. for having us. And uh, this was a lot of fun. Yep. All right.